Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, and I would say it's something about Golden State especially was it really depended on what your last name was there. So if you came, especially if you came from the North Valley Baptist School and then you went to the college, you were treated definitely different. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now... Here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. I'm so excited to be sitting down with Christina and Carmen today. Uh, Can the two of you just introduce yourselves? We can start with Carmen and uh, just let me know how you got introduced to the IFP movement and like around what period, how you got involved and uh, what those initial experiences were like. Yeah, uh, my name is Carmen. Our family wasn't really born into the IFB. We were, we just kind of were raised the regular Baptist. So um, I wasn't introduced into the IFB until maybe I was about 12. Okay. And um, we, we went, my mom visited an IFB church. Um, she actually went for a friend of hers and her initial reaction was she didn't actually like it. And so we mm. kind of just left. And we kind of just continued doing our thing. And then I guess about six months later, she was like, hey, we're going to go back. And I was kind of like, okay with it. Yeah. Because at the current church that we were at, um, I guess she didn't really like the youth group. and Or she didn't like it at all, I should say. So my sister and I were not actually involved in the youth group. Mm-hmm. And so we were actually just going to the, like the, the main services with my parents. So it, honestly, it was kind of boring. And so I was actually really excited for the fact that I would um, be able to actually be involved in a youth group. And so it was actually a pretty positive experience experience for me. Um, but yeah, I would say we got introduced when I was 12. She's a little older than me. So okay. 13, 14, something. But yeah. Okay. So it's about like a three-year gap between the two of you? Um, about a year and, and a half. half. Oh, a year and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about you? Was your experience the same, like just kind of the same, like uh, might be a cool change of pace at first or? Yeah, no, definitely agree with the um, the youth group, not being able to go to the youth group at our old church. Um, my mom, she, she is a very, very strict um, lady. Um, so she had very, she had, she has very um, interesting rules, I guess. Um, so we always grew up pretty conservative um, and so at, at the church, the youth group, she just felt like it wasn't like good enough, I guess. So she was just like, no, I don't really want you guys there. So yeah, we were in the main service and it was boring. So then, um, when we went to this new church and my mom was like, yeah, no, you guys can go to the youth group here. We were like, sweet. Awesome. So that was our, our first initial, I would say it was like positive. Cause we were like, yay, like these people are kind of cool. And um, they talk to us and stuff like that. So right, right. And what was your? So you guys went to church beforehand. Was it just like a non-denominational church before that? No, or it was, uh, it was a Baptist. Yeah, but it was pretty laid back. It was a GARBC church. I just remember that much. 
Huh. Yeah. Pretty chill. Like the dress standards weren't anything crazy. Yeah. Right. We definitely didn't do soul winning. Yeah, that wasn't really a thing. He didn't preach from the King James. Right. So it was pretty casual. Got but it did have the main Baptist in it. Yeah, it was Baptist. I mean, we did go um, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and yeah, also we Wednesday. Involved. But it didn't have, it wasn't to the extent. Yeah. So maybe just regular Baptist. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So when you, when you both ended up going to this new church, like, was it, I know it was positive, like the idea of going, but was it something where you spent quite a bit of time there before you ever started feeling like second thoughts about it or started feeling like, Oh, this is kind of different. Or was it a big culture shock going from a laid back church to a more IFB church? Yeah, it it was. So I'll speak. And then if you want a second. Um, so for me, I remember thinking like, um, that it was a huge shock. Um, however, my mom was still kind of, um, okay with what, how me and my sister, and we also have a brother that went there too, um, how we all dressed. And so we were Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay with it, like going and knowing that we had our own like way of living when we're like at our house. Um, however, it was not quick and not, not long until my mom like completely just embraced like the whole IFB culture and, Hence, like, yeah, kind of, yeah, she Yeah, so that's when your home life starts kind of changing. Is like, yeah. <laughs> wear the skirts outside of church, kind of, kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. And so at first, it was kind of cool because we were like, oh wow, we're these like teenagers that don't actually do that. Because there were some, yeah. I feel. And then like we thought, you know, we were like kind of part of that, but. um I want, I would say the biggest thing that I remember um, where I saw like a red, red flag pop up was when, um, so my older sister, there's four of us. So my older sister was attending Bob Jones University at the time. Okay. Um, and for whatever reason, I still don't actually feel like I know why, but our youth pastor, and that's one of the main reasons like we came on here was to touch on our youth pastor at the time, but um, he was very against that college Hmm. um to the point where he would start treating me and my sister and our brother differently because of the school that our sister went to right right for college probably some other reasons there but (laughs) yeah (laughs) sure so um did you feel a pressure pretty early on i know you guys were like 12 15 i mean did you feel a pressure toward um going to a specific bible college pretty early on okay yes Yes. It, I would say like the first Sunday that we even went to the church. Um, and I don't mind saying the name of the church. Uh, we went to New Hope Baptist Church and I believe it's still in existence. Um, and it's in Santa Rosa or Sonoma area. Hmm. Um, but that's where we went. Um, and I would say like just maybe very early on, the pastor's wife was, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what she was talking about, but she was like, all for us going to the youth conference at gold state. And he was, she was like, you need to sign up. And I'm like, what, what, I don't even know like what's happening right now. So, right. and it was very early on where, um, that the Bible college was, um, pushed and we both didn't have any, I thought Bible college meant like Bob Jones university. Cause that's where our sister went. Right. I didn't realize that there was this whole other yeah. realm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was kind of the, um, was it something you were on board with pretty early on? Like with the idea of going where you, I, I guess, I guess I had asked if it was shocking, but like, did you at some point in the high school experience kind of go like, Oh, I click into this. Like this is like, I'm on the same page with everything they're saying. I need to start planning for Bible college. Or was it always this kind of weird? Like, what are you doing? Why are you telling me which way to go, which direction to take my life? Um. I did. I I honestly say can say that I went to Golden State. Like I I wasn't forced. I was very happy to go there. Um, I am the youngest, so maybe that is why I did spend a lot more time in the church. So maybe that contributed. But um, despite the weird um, youth pastor experience, um, I was actually I wasn't upset. I wasn't bitter or anything. I was actually really excited to go because they painted this like fairy tale like you're gonna go to this college you know this and you're gonna just find someone your freshman year and you're gonna get married your senior year and then all of a sudden you're gonna go into the ministry and 
life is grand. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like I always wanted to like, I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. You know, I was yeah. really very sincere. So I did actually was rather excited to go. Um, it wasn't until college that things kind of was like, I was like, this is, this is a little bit not what I anticipated. So Right. Yeah. Just, just real quick, circling back to your youth pastor, you, you guys keep mentioning like the weird relationship there. Was it, was it solely over the, the college thing? Like there was tension because you're, you know, you had your brother going to this, this college and like, my, it was my sister. Or your sister. So it was me, my brother and Carmen who were all at the youth group kind of in the same time. Right. Yeah. I don't think it was solely that. No, I think what, this is my take and I couldn't be completely wrong on this. I think, um, when we first got to the church, we definitely had some like hesitation to kind of believe everything that, you know, they were teaching Hmm. because we, I mean, I had been told for, I don't know, 12, 13 years that this is, you know, this is the way, this is the, you know, the Christian life, this is the way we do things. And then all of a sudden you're telling me that everything that I was taught is wrong. Hmm. And so I was very hesitant. I'm like, I, I would like to know why I can't go to the movies or I would like to know why. And I think he kind of just thought that was rebellious. Maybe mm-hmm, it was. definitely. So I think he just, yeah, he was just like, we were just deemed rebellious and those. He was just, we weren't, we wouldn't be allowed to like go to certain activities or he would not let us mm-hmm. participate in the youth group activities or he wouldn't let people, certain families sit by us or he wouldn't let his children associate with us. Certain things right. like that. So it was just, he just never liked this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But it was to the point where it got like super obvious where I remember I was like um, saying something to my mom on several accounts of like saying like something is not okay here. Like right. the way, the things that are happening in the youth group, um, how be it nothing like so severe, but it was just, it was just like kind of like um, over time, just like that little nagging, um, nagginess just like over time where it was like affecting our I felt like my self-esteem um, just because it, it, it was almost um, it, it was almost like cruel but in like masked in a way where it was like sarcasm or humor mm-hmm. so that other people wouldn't be like oh wow like That's you're not okay yeah so um, I remember there was this one event where um the the youth pastor um and his name is chris jones um he is still in the ifb movement and he is at um hopewell right i was now. gonna say that name sounds very familiar but yeah okay yes so um yeah so he um he there was this we were trying to go to a youth youth conference it was a youth conference at golden state baptist college and so um he was actively trying to like get us not to go um whereas he was making all these different rules. And like, I felt like new rules were coming up and he would say like, if you miss one soul winning out of like six months or something, like you can't go to, you have like a mark. Yeah. Like one mark or something. It was like something kind of like a service during the week. Yeah. We lived an hour away. So yeah, sometimes it just didn't make it. Like he'd be like another mark, but if he gets three marks, you can't go to the youth conference. And it was like only stuff that like would affect Right. Our, yeah. So and she, like, w- which I think we actually did do. So he did. We, yeah, we did we, do everything. Yeah, we did do everything. Um, but at the very end, um, I don't remember if you remember this, but at the youth, we were like all in the youth group, and then um, Chris Jones was basically like pointing at people who were going to go to youth group, youth conference, and like just right there in public, and like me and Carmen weren't picked, and maybe one other girl, and. And I was like, why are we not going? Because we followed all of these like extensive rules um, that were laid out. And so we, we went and told our mom after service and said, Hey, like Chris Jones says that, or brother Jones says we can't go to uh, the youth conference. And she was like, well, why? And I'm like, I have no idea. And so they had their own meeting with my youth pastor and then my mom. Mm -hmm. And apparently from what brother Jones said was that we just didn't have like a good enough attitude to be able to go. And so he just said that we wouldn't be able to go with them right? Um, to the youth group, like as part of the church. Um, yeah. I think that that was a little, that was kind of towards the end. I think about that point, my mom was kind of like, mm. and um, 
she actually took us, my mom personally, yeah, took us and she registered us under the same church name, but she was the Spanish. Oh, um, gotcha. Um, so that, you know, we would be allowed to go. And because it was just me, Christina, and another girl who happened to also be um, Hispanic. So um, we, I, don't think, I don't even know if we told the Joneses or whoever we just went because like my mom was kind of like, that's, that's not cool. So she yeah. personally took us. And then I guess when he saw us there, he was like, um, he told the other youth that they weren't allowed to like sit with us or, or talk, talk to us, us hmm. or anything like to associate with us. Um, but yeah, he would actively just kind of get us involved in too many activities. I don't know if he thought we would just be a bad example to the other teenagers or what. Right. There, was another, there was another activity, the corn maze. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember. That um, there was a corn maze activity, like a teen activity. And then uh, we couldn't make it. It's not like we didn't want to go. We just we had something on that day. We couldn't make it to, the, to his activity. But mm-hmm. we really wanted to go. So yeah. we kind of reached out to a couple of our friends and like, hey, do you want to go the week before? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. You know, they also happen to be in the youth group. Yeah, they happen right. to be. And yeah, I was like, yeah, like I want to go. I just can't happen to go this week or whatever. Something worked out. So we, I think we went the week before and it was great. We had a good time and then we left. So it turns out the next week they wanted to go with the, the actual corn maze. Yeah. Group, like activity. Right. Yeah. And so they got there and like brother Jones wouldn't let them in. <laughs> and he's like, if I wanted to go behind my back. Mm-hmm. and do something on your own and be, you know, rebellious so you guys can't come to the corn maze. Well, they were like, well, we just, we were just hanging out with friends. We weren't trying to like be like malicious right. or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the end he did let them go though, but it was just kind of like. It was this weird like pressure pretty much. Yeah. To like not, I don't know. But yeah. I mean, despite all that, like we, I still was really looking forward to Bible college and stuff, but yeah. So I, I mean, obviously going to this new church was a shock, but I mean, Golden State has to be shock of shocks <laughs> because <laughs> that's about as, uh, I, I guess you could use the word extreme. I guess it's as extreme as you could get um, outside of maybe Hiles. I mean, they're definitely the most, one of the most conservative um, colleges. So what was, what was that like? I mean, so which one of you arrived first at the college? I- I went, okay. I went first. Um, okay. and my mom at this point was fully like immersed in the IFB movement. So she basically said I could go either to Hiles Anderson okay. or to Golden State. Um, West coast wasn't even on the table. Like that wasn't even a choice. And I don't, I remember visiting it and actually kind of liking it and I would have been okay going there, but my mom was like, no, hmm. West coast is like not good enough or something. Um, they were, and, they were too contemporary or too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Their music yeah. had a beat. Um, but I think what it was too, was, um, I feel like some IFB churches, they favor like one particular college. Like that's yeah. the one that like, they like to send their, their teens yeah. to. And so Golden State just happened to be the one for New Hope yeah. Baptist Church. Um, we went there every teen, you know, all the youth conferences, um, even like, we went there every youth conference, um, since we joined, even, even with that one awkward one. That was later on, but we went to every single one. So it was kind of just, that was just the college to go to. Right. Um, so, yeah, I was going to say. And so my mom told me I had those two options and I, I was not for Hiles Anderson. I visited it and I was so like, not okay with it. So I right. just chose Golden State because I felt like I didn't really have a choice in the matter. So I wouldn't say I wanted to go there. Um, it wasn't something that I would have chosen, I think on my own. I think, um, when it came time to like being a senior, I remember just like telling people at church, like, Oh yes, um, I prayed. And, you know, I think this is the place for me just because I felt like that was something that I should say, but it really wasn't like I had poured over it and thought it was just like, that was the only choice that I had. Um, it wasn't like, it wasn't like my own personal decision or God speaking to me and telling me to go to golden state. Sure. Sure. Um, so what was kind of like that life, like switching to kind of college life and what was the kind of culture shock, I guess there, like, what was the, what was the vibe on campus? Um, so 
again, it might be different from you because you went there a couple years after me. But for me, I think what I what struck out so big to me when I first got there was how um, differently the girls were treated at college versus the guys um, mm-hmm. that were treated at college. I almost felt like there was um, like a sexism to it where um, where we were just almost taught to just um, just do anything that a guy says almost like, right. you know, if they ask you out on a date, go for it. Like, don't say no. Um, and it was very heavily pushed. Like, you know, you need to be dating by your this year, because if you're not like, you're going to be a spinster because you're a senior and you're not dating anybody. Um, and so that was something that was pushed in for me, especially, um, I, I am more of an athletic, um, person and I still am. So I loved, um, like sports and all of that. And both of us actually, we love watching sports. It's just kind of like our thing. Um, and I remember feeling a lot of shame because of that. They're like, Hmm. because I would mention like, wow, there's not really a lot of sports here for girls. Like it was just like volleyball and we don't play volleyball. And so I remember saying like, do you think there can be a soccer or whatever? And feeling like, like so much like, wow, you want to play soccer? And I'm just like, what? Or just like the, the shame right. that you'd feel because you expressed the fact that you maybe wanted to do something that was like boyish, but in the, all reality, we just, it was just how we were. Like we weren't trying to like, I don't we know. We're trying to make a statement or something. You were just trying to <laughs> yeah. be yourself. Exactly. And I remember even to the fact where um, going to the gym was like looked down on if you were like a girl and mm. um, we, we grew up going to the gym. So we were just kind of like, for one, there was not really a gym for the girls to go to, but we, <laughs> yeah, like there was, I think my senior year, there was finally like a treadmill that was put into a dorm room right. um, and like a big bouncy ball. And that was it. And right. so it just, I remember, and I felt this in high school and I also felt it in college where it was like, um, I'm just, it was just almost like you were really looked down on if you had those thoughts of like wanting to, you know, go to the gym and get healthy. Um, or if you wanted to, um, you know, watch something like a sports game, you know, that was available. They were like, wow, that's only for the guys. And we're like, well, I don't know. So that was something that stuck out to me. It was just like that extreme difference of you're a lady, you're a man. So you cannot do this. If you're a man, if you're a girl, you cannot do this. Right. And it was just very jarring. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then what, what about you, Carmen? I know you came a few years after, but was it kind of the same experience? Um, so like I said, mine was more of a positive cause I was like, well, at this time, my brother and sister are both at the school. And so I'm like, cool, like, um, this should be fun. I should mention that. Yeah. I don't mind. Um, was it my senior, my senior year, which was her freshman or sophomore, one of those, um, she got expelled. Um, I don't know if I should say this about Francisco. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Also, my brother had... <laughs> My brother had gotten expelled, but not from Golden State. It was from Hiles. Mm-hmm. And so he was at Golden State. So, so you guys collectively just decided to hit every IFB college, like Bob Jones, Hiles, <laughs> West Coast, Golden State. You just got to send one off to Pensacola. You've collected them all, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so when I got there, I, again, I had a very positive attitude, but I didn't realize, and I did realize this for myself later on, but I didn't realize that when you get expelled from college, you get treated a lot differently. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what you even got expelled for. It could be something super small, but oh my gosh, the fact that you had to leave the school, like um, my sister said this before I even got there. You don't know your true friends from Bible college until you get expelled because they are the only ones that will stick by you mm-hmm. once you get expelled. And right. so my freshman year, she had, she had already been expelled. And um, I remember just walking. I literally just got there and we were getting, we had just unpacked our stuff and we were in the lunch line. And I don't even know who said it, but didn't you, uh, somebody behind me or somebody behind us was like, oh, uh, I think she's a Castro. She'll probably be expelled too. And mm-hmm. that was the, literally the first experience I had. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, 
maybe this isn't like what I thought this place was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, and then, um, but other than that, it was, it was pretty positive my first year. Things kind of got different after I also got expelled. Um, and then I came back and that's when I completely saw everything in like a different light. And that's when I saw like the double-sided and how everything was like super could be, you know, hypocritical. And that was my eye-opening experience. And that's when I was like, mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I think the fact that we came back after we got kicked out was one of the big reasons why we felt so much like shame from people and like, hate. Um, what do you mean came back, came back as students? Yeah, we both yeah. came back after we got expelled. And so we were treated significantly different. I would even say that some of my teachers treated me different um, in like my classes um, because of the fact that we got kicked out. And then um, and was, it a, girl, was it a serious, oh, uh, and you don't have to share if you don't want to, but was it a serious reason for which you got kicked out? Was it just an accumulation of demerits for small stuff? Like, no, there was a, a bed. I, for, for me, I went to the movies. And so that was why I got kicked out. My first How dare time. you. <laughs> my first time getting kicked out was she was with me. Yeah. So it was her second time getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the reason that they, the reason they kicked me out is because I knew people were drinking and I didn't tell on them. Gotcha. So, yeah. um, but you weren't actually doing that. At the time. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't drinking at the time, but. I didn't snitch. At the time, small print. <laughs> when you get to West Coast, it's no, I'm just kidding. I mean, Let yeah, it. I went to the. Mm, but, but uh, yeah, so so coming back, you're seeing kind of this duplicity, and and I just for for me, this is something like that's super weird for me because like I I didn't go to Bible college. Um, I ended up like last minute diverting my course, but I I. I'm always curious because there's a, there seems to be a lot of unspoken stuff, like a lot of like, you just pick up on that vibe and things like that. But did you feel like maybe like the, the differences between like the men and the women, how they were treated or like the way that certain people or groups were looked down on, was that something that came from like the pulpit down and the classroom down? Or was it purely just like after class, like a professor would say something or a fellow student would say something like was it more a vibe or more something that was like heard and said? I think it was something that was heard and said, um, talked about like from the pulpit, I would say not necessarily like, wow, mistreat people, but it was more of like, you definitely had this, um, you had this appearance that you had to uphold while you were there. Um, and you know, as she, as Carmen had mentioned coming in and knowing that she was related to someone that had gotten kicked out, um, was already like a mark on her. So you kind of bear their like, sin on you kind of thing. Yeah. So it was like almost like predetermined that, wow. Like, especially, and I'm saying this more of like guys wanting to date girls. Um, there was definitely that talk about like, wow, you know, this person got kicked out. So you hence, don't want to date this person. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to date someone who got expelled. Right. Although like everybody was basically, like, it's just like a lot of people were doing it. We just got unfortunate enough to be caught. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I would say it's something about Golden State, especially was it really depended on what your last name was there. So if you came, especially if you came from the North Valley Baptist school and then you went to the college, you were treated definitely different. Um, Whereas better, right. Better. Exactly. Or even if you did something that would warrant getting kicked out, they would just kind of let it slide or just give give you some demerits, give you a ton of demerits. Whereas, you know, they would would just like searching to find another reason. No, I, I just uh, I just had a conversation the other day of um, a situation just like that where it was like um, I, I, because of the nature I won't say what it is right now um, but there's but it was something where it was very clearly like uh, it was very clear that they would have kicked out anybody else but because it yeah. was a staff kid it, it yeah. didn't go and it's something I really wish I could just share but because mm-hmm. it's involves that like I don't want to shame like a you know a student for for something but it's just like it's one of those things where it's like the the one thing that does seem to be very consistent at North Valley and Golden State is that favoritism of names and like there's people who there's people who've been there well I mean Alvin Martinez like I mean mm-hmm. yeah. you know like that's a that's a situation where if a college student said oh yeah I got married and then I like came here and I got married to someone else like 
No, yeah. you're not going to get anywhere. But because he can sing and because he's been there and Treber likes, you know, like there's a lot of stuff there that just gets allowed to happen. Um, so, so after getting kicked out, one of you the second time, one of you the first, where do you end up? I know, Carmen, you end up at West Coast. Christina, like what was kind of your journey after that? Was it kind of like I'm done with this or was it I'm going to find something else to do? Like what was kind of the vibe from there? Um, well, so going back, I was a junior. And so I just felt like I had to finish because I, you know, I, I'd already committed like three years of my life here. And so yeah. I felt like if I left and started somewhere else. It would just be longer. So I was very determined to just be done. Um, and it was those last two years, I would say were really eye opening for me um, because I, I was alone kind of a lot just because people just, it, it wasn't even that big of a college. And you kind of like, you made your friends in the beginning of the fr- your freshman year and they kind of just were your friends all the rest of the time. And so how, how many people were there during that time? 300? Yeah, maybe yeah, 300. Maybe. Not a, not, not a whole lot though. Um, <laughs> just because, um, <laughs> yeah, but because of just, um, just my being me being by myself. Um, I didn't really have like any close friends there to be honest, my last two years. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I just did a lot of thinking and I started thinking about, um, like all these rules that we follow and, and, um, why are we even following them? Um, and I just went down a whole list in my head about like these things that we're told to do, but I can't find any verses in the Bible that even specifically are talking about that. Right. And so that was something that I started um, realizing. So I would say in my senior year of Golden State, I was so not even off. I was not IFB like at all, but I was just going just so that I could finish because I just had the year left. And um, I, and that's kind of what I did. Um, but I was so over it by my junior and senior year because I'd been there so long and I had seen so much that um just with the staff and how they were um sometimes go out of their way to do the whole favoritism thing Mm -hmm. um that i just i just was almost a hermit really because i didn't even want to be around people at that point like it was um it was kind of sad i just remember being like i can't wait to be done so i can just get out of here and like i'm never like looking back like at all ever again right right and Carmen, you didn't make such a clean exit. You you ended up going toward, <laughs> you ended up going to West Coast. Um, was what what went into that decision? Were were you just still like maybe it was just here, like it was kind of an isolated thing? So I'll try going somewhere else. Or what was uh, kind of the? So after I got expelled the first time for um, for the not, association, yeah, association, I actually went back to Golden State. Because my mom, my mom was, was like, you need to go back. And so part of the whole IP culture or cult, whatever, is like your appearance, but your appearance and like looking good. And I'm not sure if that's why my mom wanted us to keep going back. Cause I don't know, like she was very, my mom was very big on like making sure she looks good in front of the church and things like that. So she was like, you have to go back. You have to go back. And I was like, well, I mean, this is a, I was like, I don't think I should at this point. So I, that's when I first considered West Coast and I spoke to my um, advisor about it, my at Golden State. And she was like, well, I don't think you should go to West Coast. So you should stay at Golden State. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to stay at Golden State. So I actually went, I stayed at Golden State. Hmm. And then um, until I graduated, you were there, I want to say, right? No, was that the I ended up getting expelled again for the second time, but that was with you. Oh, okay. No, no, I only got expelled with you once. So I ended up getting expelled again. Um, was that for the pants? I I don't remember. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. It wasn't. Yeah. So we ended up getting, we didn't really get expelled. We just got in big trouble. We weren't allowed to stay in the dorms for the summer. Mm-hmm. No. And that I had was, already graduated. That was her graduate. Yeah. So right when she already- graduated, we were, working um, close by the college. We were kind of just like using the college to stay in the summer, but um, we, uh, we got in trouble for wearing um, shorts on the family vacation. 
So we were kicked out again. I, yeah, I don't know. Gone, yeah, so I was already graduated. So I, I don't even know if that was kicked out or they were just like, just, just leave at go. this point. Like, I yeah. think they were sick of us. <laughs> They're like, just get out of here. So then my mom was like, no, you have to go back. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll go back because this is what God wants me to do. I ended up going back and almost graduating. I ended up getting in trouble a third time. And then after that, I was like, I really don't think at that point, I think, I feel like they're looking for reasons to like make me leave. Yeah. I was about a week away from graduating at that point. Oh, wow. And yeah. So I, I had about, I had one more final to take. I was going to graduate. And then they ended up getting, I ended up getting in trouble for something I did like three months prior. So it was just, I, at this point I was like, they don't even want me here. No. They clearly have, I was like, so that's when I went to West coast and right. that obviously was not my, my parents were very upset at that fact that I didn't go back to Golden State for the fourth time. But I felt that that's what God wanted me to do. Just I needed to just start some more fresh. So I ended up going to West Coast for a year to finish. Right. Wow. So going from a week left to a year left is pretty pretty brutal. Um, did, did West Coast feel like a breath of fresh air after Golden State? Because I have to, just knowing the two, I have to believe it felt like a relief in yeah. I mean, probably not if you went from like a pretty chill environment to West Coast, but going from a pretty crazy environment to a less crazy environment yeah, it was, probably it was, was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And like for once, like the teachers didn't know me, you know, or they didn't know like my siblings, you know, or they didn't have like preconceived notions of me. So it felt really nice to just be able to like be myself and not have to worry about like always looking over my shoulder. Just, I don't know. It's just yeah. Golden State weird in the sense that I always I was like I don't know I always felt like somebody was just there waiting for me to like slip up and then be like yeah you know I had a dorm suit that was really weird at Golden State and she would she would come only to she would check all the rooms at night and then she would come back just to my room to see what I was doing right and it was just little things like that I was like why aren't you treating all the other like is it because you know so right. it was very I, I was very happy to be at West Coast. Are a lot of are a lot of the Golden State College kids North Valley like lifers, mm, or, or is it a good mix of people that come? I mean, I know it's smaller; it's a smaller pool of people than West Coast, by, and not by much, but it's it definitely. I was, I was wondering about that. Yeah, there's yeah. a decent of of North Valley, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's also um, just not aside from our failures, there's people who come who are related to so-and-so who's was related to so-and-so right. yeah. and they just, so they come in and they're yeah. just like treated like, um, cause the like, teacher knows their dad's brothers. Yeah. Brother. So, and yeah. then and, and you go as far as, you know, people who are in that, the corral, the scene, that tour group. So if you're mm-hmm. related to someone that was on the tour group, then you're also treated like, yeah magnificent the second you walk on campus so it was just it that's kind of how it was the whole four years that um that I was there but I did want to mention I'm actually just remembering because you said dorm suit but mm. I had um I don't know if she was a dorm suit or a dorm mom but my freshman and sophomore year um, it could have just been my freshman year I'm not remembering exactly there was um there was a lady who was the dorm mom I guess so she, she was, she lived there. She was, um, she wasn't a student, but she lived on in the, um, the dorms. Um, and she was awful. She was Mm -hmm. awful to me. And, um, and I know her name too. I don't know. I haven't seen her pop up at all on preacher boys. I'm actually curious about it, but her name was, was Joe Trell. So she married, she got engaged. I don't know. I don't remember her current last name, but, um, that was her name when I knew her was Joe Trell and she would, really she really would go out of her way to like make things like terrible um to the point where at one there was one point where there was these um on my floor there was these these girls that just were mistreating me like almost all year Hmm. um and in the middle of the year I'm just I'm going grocery shopping or something and she calls me and I'm like oh hello and then um, she was like, I just want you to know that I'm moving your current dorm where you're at. You're going to be moving to a different dorm, like randomly in the middle of the year. And I'm like, what? Why? And she was like, oh, it's just it, your room is too big or something. Or you have too many people in your room. And so she actually moved me into that same room where those girls were 
just to like, I don't know, for just for fun, I guess. And so I remember, I remember that detail so much. And I was just, it was, and she wasn't at the college at the time. So I was just felt so alone. And I felt so like, why do you have to make this extra step to just make someone feel even worse for like no reason at all? So, um, but yeah, she would, um, she would, she was not a great person. Um, and honestly, I don't know anything about her right now, so she could be totally reformed and not even in the IFB movement. Um, but I remember that first year, um, just the things that she would do. Um, and then there's the dorm mom and then there's like dorm soups, I think. So there's like the ones that are, do go to school, but they're like, um, kind of in charge. Yeah. The the floor monitor. That's what it is. The floor monitor. So she would put the, those, like anyone that was like, she had like her inner circle of these girls that were like terrible to other people, but they were allowed to just be like untouched. And she would put them in charge as like the floor monitor. And so of course my demerits were racking up because, um, because they were the ones that were in charge of all of that. Um, or I remember there was this thing where you could work off demerits. So if you had too many demerits, you could like work them off. Um, and I, I want to say that it's like, you can work off 10 demerits per hour. It was something like that. So I went to Joe Trail cause I'm like, Hey, I have these demerits that I've racked up so many of them because again, the, the floor monitor was not also nice. And she was like, okay. So she had me do this work. I think I worked for like three hours or something crazy, like doing some insane work about like cleaning the bathrooms, which from when I chatted with other girls, they were like, no, we just had to like, you know, do something super minor. Like here I am like unplugging the bathroom toilets and like for my, to to work off my demerits. And it was like, and then at the end of it, she only took off five demerits, even though I worked like this insane amount. And so I remember thinking like, I'm just, I'm over this, but, um, but yeah, so it wasn't even as much as like um, the, the staff, the staff could also work with like people that were your peers to like kind of make things miserable for you. Mm. Um, if, yeah. Uh, so, so what, what was the vibe like over in Lancaster, like at, at West Coast? Like, would you say it was overall fairly positive throughout or was it something where like, or is there anything like did it have its own weird kind of quirks <laughs> and uh, things like that? Um, not that I noticed. I was only there for a year and I made sure that I was either working or in my room doing homework. Cause I was not at this point going to take any chances with anything. Making the wrong so step. I, I kind of turned myself into a hermit as well. Um, Just because at this point, like I was over everything as well. I was just, I was ready to be done. So I didn't notice anything at West Coast, um, you know, too like major. It was, uh, I think they did. Yeah. Nothing. I wouldn't, I would say no, but again, I didn't, make a lot of contacts there. So right. I'm sure if I would have stayed there for the four years. I would have, you know, sure. Yeah. So like post-graduation, like the two of you now outside, did either of you go into ministry at all after or? Um, I didn't, I was, I studied to be a teacher there. And so I, it really was actually amazing how it all worked out. Um, I, I worked at a school while I was in college. And so um, shortly after I graduated, I went to a kind of like a sister school of the one that I was working at um, just because I, I don't know if this is how it was at West Coast, but um, at Golden State, um, they would, it would be like um, so many people would work at the same job um, because it was advertised, I think, in the beginning of the school year, they would name out these different jobs where, you know, you could apply and more than likely get hired. And so when I graduated, the school that I was working at was filled with people from Golden State that were currently still going there. And I just, I didn't want any part of any of it. So I moved, like, I just went to a different school um, that was not affiliated with Golden State whatsoever. 
um, at that point, at least I think it is now, but at the point it wasn't. Um, and from there, I was actually able to, they asked me to be a teacher there. And so I started working as a teacher, um, almost pretty soon after graduating and it was a private school. It wasn't, um, Christian affiliated, but it was just a private, um, school. And, um, I worked there and I've been teaching ever since not at that same school, but definitely, um, I'm involved in church. Well, with COVID things have been a little bit different, but as far as like the ministry, I have not. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Same. Same. I got my music degree. And so I was just, I became a music teacher. Um, but as far as IFB, I've completely left. Right. So now kind of like looking back at me, you had this kind of weird religious pocket of time, um, but kind of, kind of sitting here with retrospect. I mean, obviously like, again, religion and faith, I guess can be separated a little bit, but I, I would you say that, would you say that both of you, I mean, are both of you still Christians? Do you, do you feel like it's something where it's like kind of put you off of like just that world in general? Um, I know you said you're still like attending COVID kind of messed that up, but I mean, is it something where you feel like it's, it made you like second guess that stuff or is it something where it was like, you kind of just separated those two things in your mind. Like the, that was a weird pocket of Christianity, but you know, we still have the faith side. Uh, yeah, I would say, um, I, I go to a, a non-denominational church now. So, and I, um, yeah, I kind of just, I, I, I should have said this at the beginning, but I didn't, but I am like, I'm not better. I'm not upset. I'm, I really, I mean, I'm a really firm believer in that all things happen for a reason. And there is a reason. I mean, I met my husband somehow through all of this. So there is some good that comes out of this stuff, you know? Um, and I just kind of, I feel like, you know, we can grow from it. We can learn from it. Um, yeah, that's right. kind of where I'm at now. I have a whole different, like, perspective of Christianity. And I think, sure. you know, that you know so yeah i just kind of think about that as just like yeah at one point i went to a cult and i was in a cult and now i'm out and yeah right um so for me um i actually um so i guess we we also should have mentioned this too but we my family moved away from the new hope baptist church in um sonoma and they started attending what i believe is an ifb church but Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Heritage Baptist Church, and it's in San Leandro. Um, they were, I want to say, IFB is to the fact where they did do the King James Version only, but they also were very lax with their dress. Okay. So um, it was it was like going there was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool because they're they're more um, – and they they this church happened to be very for West Coast. So it was just interesting how that all worked out. Um but my mom made that transition um, to that oh, church. Oh, yeah. A- Alan Fong. Yeah. He's, yes. uh, yeah he's, he's, I think he used to work at West Coast till recently, or he speaks there a lot. Really? Yeah. He really does like West Coast. And I believe that's an IFB church, but it just, for whatever reason, it was like not as like in your face, maybe as, right. um, as New Hope Baptist it was. was. It was a bigger church too. Um, so after graduation, so my mom made that change over to that church when I was like probably like a junior at Golden State. Um, so graduating, that's where she went. And I, I attended that church with um, her and I, my family for, um, I would say probably another two years or so. And um, and then I, I actually... Um, Interestingly enough, um, the person I was dating uh, about around that time period, he actually attended Hopewell. Um, And so I was actually going to those services um, a lot. And uh, most most Sundays, actually, I was there. And um, the person I was dating, actually, at the time, um, he was working in the like the youth ministry part of that on Fridays. And um. I know this is all common knowledge now about brother Marzak, but way back then, um, like those years ago, he came up to me and he was saying how 
some girls in youth group were coming up to him and saying how brother Marzak was being inappropriate or whatever. And I said, wow, you should need, you need to go tell like um, pastor Ray, like right now. And he's like, yeah, I think I will. So I set up this meeting to talk to pastor Ray. Um, and nothing happened. They were just kind of like, I kept seeing him in church when I would go there. And I thought that was a little odd. And that point, and I get the Jack Scott had already been arrested at this point too. So this was just another, because I was so like involved in it kind of, because I was like at the church at the time, I was so um, like almost angry that like nothing at all happened whatsoever. And so that's when my, I started like um, not really going to that church anymore. I, the whole IFB, I actually would say I wasn't going to any church. Um, And, and that was kind of like how I felt like I, I was okay. I'm like not going to any church, but um, just purely because of the, the things that I had been seeing throughout, I guess that was just kind of like the cake, like the cherry on top kind of, I was like, wow, that's a big deal. And nobody's doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say um, not going to church for probably about six months or so, uh, maybe a little bit more. I'm in, um, and I'm, I'm mentioning this story because it was so like pressing on me. Um, so I'm in the hospital, not for myself, but um, just someone in my family was just needing to get help at the time. So um, I'm in the hospital with my mom and one of my family members. And so we're just kind of in the waiting room. And again, I hadn't, I hadn't been really t- talking with my mom just because um, this is like a whole rabbit trail, but because of not going to the IFB church. I was basically shunned. Um, but we were there at the time. Um, and so she's sitting there, I'm sitting there. We're all just like, we're just in the waiting room, just like waiting. And this lady walks in and she looks at me and she looks at my mom and she kind of like walks away. And then she comes back and looks at me and she's like, Oh, are you related to, you know, so-and-so, which is, you know, my relative. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. How did you know that? And she was like, Oh, I just, you know, something I, I heard that she was here and I came to just, you know, offer prayer or, whatnot. And, um, my mom instantly got up cause she was like, Oh, who is this person? And, um, she introduced herself again. She was like, I'm, you know, the pastor, or I'm, um, the, I'm, um, I don't want to say her name cause I actually haven't chatted with any of them about this, but it, she was a pastor's wife. And, um, my mom instantly saw she was wearing pants and it was just like, mm, mm, and just kind of like went and sat down. And so, but I continued to have conversation with her. I'm like, how do you know, you know, my relative and, yada yada and she's like well she's actually been coming to our church for like the past you know six months or so and you know we we knew something was going on we just wanted to come by and you know offer like anything that you might need and again I hadn't been in the church for so long but I remember this because it was like she treated me so nicely like she went out and bought lunch and then brought it back and to the point where the whole the whole day that really like shown on me that I actually ended up visiting that church because of Mm. just that like that way that she was acting, it was so like super kind and it was no, no judgment at all. Like no questions asked. She was just like, let me know I can help. And I actually ended up going to that church. Um, it, that's called Hillcrest Baptist church and they're a Southern Baptist church. And that's where I like fell in love with it. And so Hmm. it just kind of, it was a good, I think it was just a way that God was like telling me like, or kind of just showing me that there is another side of, you know, Christianity where there's not all this legalism and people are genuinely care about you. And so that was just that because of that, that was a moment where I actually got back into church and I've ever since then I have been. So, right. Right. Uh, So, so the two of you kind of, I mean, use the, you, you referred to like the IFB, at least to North Valley, like as being cultish or, or as a cult, um, is that something you would, is that a label you'd apply to like the IFB as a whole, or is it something where you think specifically in that context, like the way that it operated was cultish? Cause that's, a, that's something that a lot of people, you know, they'll say like, oh, the movement is cultish, but some churches aren't, or some churches are cultish, but the movement's not a cult. So like, um, I guess, where would you draw that line or, or make that delineation? That's a good question. I I would probably define it as a cult. There are, even if you look into a cult, there are probably a lot of good people that don't really know the, they don't, they mean well. Maybe they don't even know why they do the things they do, but they mean well. 
I guess. And so I would, I would define it as a cult and there, there are some good people. There are yeah. some really good people there. Um, and in a way I kind of feel sad for them, but I'm like, if only, if only you, I don't know, you could see outside. Um, yeah. But I would say as a whole, um, even though there are good people there, it's just, it was just too many, like, it was just, yeah. I, it's just too cultish. Mm-hmm. And I think, thing. I think one of the reasons why my mom embraced it so fully and quickly, um, I know she had her doubts in the beginning, but then afterwards she was like all the way in, um, was because of that hard, um, because we've mentioned in the beginning how our, growing up, my mom is extremely strict and so, and controlling. And so the, the environment kind of just almost encouraged that. Whereas they're yeah. like, wow, you're doing a great job with your kids. You should be even harder with them. And so for her, she was like, this is like, and it's a church. So she's like, wow, I'm totally in the right here. And so when she, when we went into that church, things got, were even worse. I feel like at home because like, I thought she was strict then. And now she's even like worse. Um, It was really, yeah. Really. And it was almost like she like held the pastor and youth pastor in like high esteem Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember one time, so we were homeschooled. Um, okay. growing, yeah, we, we started homeschooling. I think Carmen was like in first grade or something. So, um, um, there was just this one day where my mom was trying to get my brother to do his homework and he was just having a hard time. He was, was for whatever reason, not listening. And my mom called pastor or brother Jones, Chris Jones, and was like, can you talk to my son so that he can do his homework? And I remember thinking like, wow, this guy's not even our dad. But like my mom literally pulled out her cell phone and was like, here, talk to my son because he's not doing his homework. And it just, it was so odd to me then. And now that I'm saying it, it is super odd. Um, and it was I the think, church filling the role as like almost co-parenting essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 my, and Chris Jones was like all for it too. Course, he was like, he was like happy. Yeah. And so it, it just, it, it was just, they both like, kind of fed off each other in a way, you know, cause she would call yeah. him for everything mm-hmm. and he yeah. was like more than happy to be controlling. So I kind of felt that he was like really involved in our lives, even though like he was just my youth pastor. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's just weird. And I was like, you're right. not. Yeah. But she, no. yeah, she was, yeah. He, he, yeah, I do remember that. And so, I, it, it was even, I remember so severe that my mom, we would just, talk and random stuff like in the car in the privacy of our home and we would mention something about chris jones and my mom was like wow you need to go talk to, you need to apologize to pastor jones for that and i'm like what so like yeah. many a time me and my sister and my brother we would have to awkwardly apologize to chris jones about like something that he didn't even hear and we were like so we had to apologize and i remember there was even times where i would apologize karma would apologize and he would be like okay okay or like then my brother would apologize and he'd be like, get out of my face. You didn't mean it. And then I'd be like, I would apologize. And he'd be like, okay, you're sincere. And it was just like, we were, we all didn't really even want to apologize. Yeah. So it was just kind of many times where we would apologize. And then like someone's wouldn't be like sincere enough. Yeah. He like all of a sudden decide that you didn't mean it. And I'm like, we basically said it the same exact way. We just, sorry. I mean, how else? I don't know. Yeah. Just decide and be like, no, you can't go to the youth group today. Or we were off. Yeah, we were shunned a couple times. Mm -hmm. Like, we weren't allowed to go to the youth group for a few months. You know, we had to go with the adults. Mm -hmm. You should mention about the you and Jonathan. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is kind of like way back and when, but yeah, there was an incident where um, this is. I was like twelve, maybe thirteen. Yeah, and um. There's this was like before cell phones. I mean, maybe I had an email, but I, you know, and um, so there's this guy we would like pass notes, nothing crazy, like you mm-hmm. know, I was pretty naive at the time, super anyway. innocent. Yeah, I was, you know, like, hey, how was your week? Well, I did this, and I would give it to him on Sunday, and he would write an answer and give it to him on Wednesday. I guess like he found out, no, his Jones, wife, his wife found out, told Brother Jones, and then like I was kicked out for the youth group for like three months. And my and, and me. Christina was kicked out of the youth group and for three months, but like the guy received like no punishment whatsoever. Right. And so yeah. I remember, like, I think I asked at one point, like, "Hey, why didn't so and so like?" And he's like, "Well, he was like sorry." And I was like, "Well, I said sorry." He's like, "Yeah, but like you didn't mean it or whatever." And I was just like, "Okay, right. yeah." Um, 
so I ask everybody this, like at the end of, I mean, most shows, I, I, don't, I tend to ask this, but do you think that there's hope for a reform or change of the movement itself? Or do you think it's something where like it's fundamentally flawed to the point where, you know, it would have to take something completely new to replace it? Um, I, I'm going to say, I don't think it can be, um, there's just too much. There's just, it would, I mean, maybe, but it would, it would have to take some, no, I'm actually going to say no. There's just too much, too much that would have to change, I think. Hmm. And I don't think people want it to change because I think they really like the fact that they have control, um, you know, people's lives, um, I don't even think we mentioned this, but at we, my youth pastor at one point, finally, like we got through to my mom. Mm-hmm. Like he's, this is way, I was already in college by this point. Yeah. I was like, she finally listened to us like, okay, wow, maybe he is mistreating you guys. And so she did talk to my pastor and he did remove him from the title of being a youth pastor. And he was like, you can just go to church as like a regular member. And he was, and he didn't want to, he ended up, that's why he went to Hope. Yeah. <laughs> The next Sunday he was in Hopewell with his Yeah, family. and then all of a sudden he's in ministry again in position of power. And yeah. that's the reason I don't think. I don't think enough people, you know, would want mm-hmm. to change that. I think they really like the position they have of authority and control over people. Right. Um, and I see that, not even in just this church. I mean, that happens in... Yeah, you know, obviously already, happens quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm right now. Maybe she has a different. I also will say no to that. I think the IFB movement has hurt way too many families and way too many individuals where it, it there, I don't think there's reform for it at all. I've come across so many, especially because I am a GSB, GSBC alumni. I've met so many people who have just, are just hurting and, or mm. just maybe didn't get the help that they needed. And they're, you know, doing things and involved in stuff that, you know, they could use to cope with it. And it just, I've seen so many lives like destroyed, I feel because of the IFB movement. And um, even for ourselves, like I know I, my sister mentioned that she holds no bitterness and I also don't hold any of it. I I think um, it's great that you're doing this because other people who are like teenagers or going through something in their youth group or maybe, you know, early college, they can hear this and realize like, I just need to get out now instead of, you know, we waited, you know, all through, you know, graduating our senior year till we decided to actually make a move. Um, And so I think, I don't think there is any chance for reform. Yeah. Well, if they're caught listening to this, they'll probably get kicked out anyway. So (laughs) it'll speed up the process. But, uh, but no, I think it's, what's going to take is just people talking about it and just sharing and, you know, even in lesser situations, like, you know, just share the perspective and like, like just point out things that aren't normal, you know, and, and that's the thing is it's not going to happen within. Um, there's not been an acknowledgement of things not being okay. So I think just having these conversations is going to help people kind of make those decisions. And, you know, and like I said, if, you know, I, I always hope that there's someone sneaking me episodes and like, I'm sure there's plenty um, that are, you know, binging these shows without, you know, people knowing. And I hope that's the message that goes through um, is just to kind of think about it. So, but, uh, but yeah, thank you so much, both of you for coming on and uh, for chatting about this. And uh, it's been, it's just been really good to get to know both of you and get to get to talk to you through your story. So. Definitely. Definitely. And again, I speak for both of us, but we are huge advocates of your show. Um, And just, I, I know that I've told, people about it. And, um, my older brother, um, he also recently started listening to the, you know, the preacher voice podcast and he's, um, distancing himself away from his, you know, t- kind of taking his family away out of the IFB movement, um, as we speak. So that's, it's already, there's been, um, some change. And so that's just great. Awesome. No, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it and, uh, hope to catch up with you both really soon. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.